Boys Lines. As Boys Lines. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. As bold as lions. You're listening to the As Bold As Lions podcast. Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of the As Bold As Lions podcast. We are doing some Christmas uh, series podcasts, a series called Songs of the Season. I think when you hear a generic title like that, you probably kind of know what we're talking about is is Christmas songs. And uh, we've had uh, the opportunity to dive in and dig into some beloved Christmas carols and hymns, things that we we bring out every year and uh, and and sing them in our our churches and listen to them. I go back and uh, pull out. I'm I'm old school, so I pull out all my old Christmas CDs over the years, and I put them in the little binder that I have and put it in the car. And then you know, throughout the the days and weeks leading up to Christmas, I'm just kind of putting in Christmas album after Christmas album, hearing these songs. Um, I know I kind of get into the whole thing. I know some people kind of get tired of Christmas or Christmas music and all that stuff. And uh, maybe if you do, you're, you're, you're not necessarily super keen on this, this series, which forgive me because we're, we're kind of camped out here for a little bit, but I, I love it. Um, and I think more so as I get older, I've kind of talked about this, but more so I'm, I'm coming back to the lyrics and studying them and what these songs are saying and finding kind of a, a renewed, um, just appreciation for the, the songs that we, we do sing every year. And if you've kind of followed some of the stuff I've done, um, doing this music and, and things like that over this last year, I've, I've tried to kind of cover a lot of hymns and put those over on my, YouTube page and, and Facebook and, and share those and kind of just, again, finding some, some real appreciation for those older songs, uh, oftentimes that, uh, just have a, a, a timeless message in them and some, some deep truth in them. So today is a song called What Child Is This? Um, one of my favorite Christmas songs, if, uh, if I'm going through the list, I guess, of, of, of songs that I really enjoy, don't always hear it. Um, and I'm not sure if that's because it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a more minor, almost a melancholy type of a song. Also has a lot of, um, uh, lyrics and verbiage that is maybe a little different. And, um, when you're singing it or hearing it, you're kind of wrestling with, with some of the, some of that. So it might be just kind of a, some stumbling blocks in there for, for folks when, when you are going through it, but it's, it's a good song. And, um, last year, and as I'm kind of going through these sequentially doing 
the newer uh, songs from from the blog that I'm sharing that um, post earlier in the week, and then going back and doing a bonus uh, podcast of songs from last year. Well, last year I did a song called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, another familiar song. And I, I commented there that there's really, there, there are some of these songs like that one and like What Child Is This that have kind of this minor, almost melancholy feel to them. And, uh, you know, it's, it has that in the verses. And then, um, at some point it kind of switches to more of a, a major feel, kind of goes from minor to major, which is this unique ap- aspect of some of these songs where, um, all of a sudden it switches and you hear it as you go through, um, these songs, like, uh, when you get to, um, this line, this, this is Christ the King. If you're in this song, like, goes minor, then it, it goes back to major. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll put clips in so you, you hear it, but this, this weaving of that back and forth, I think it's pretty, it's pretty cool and, and, uh, an, a unique part of songwriting. You don't hear that a lot anymore. This is Christ, the King, oh shepherd's God, angels sing. Haste, to bring the baby's This song was based upon a melody called Green Sleeves. It's a familiar British folk tune. So the melody was really already established, and then the lyrics came later, which each of these songs kind of has its own history of itself, of how it came about. But the writer of this song is a guy named William C. Dix, uh, last name D-I-X. And um, just kind of interesting about him, he's not a guy who's... Some of these writers are, are great theologians in their own right. They're pastors. Uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing is written by guys who actually found the, the Methodist movement. You know, he's, he's not any of those things. He's, um, he hasn't even really written hymns per se, but he's a, he's a businessman and he finds kind of this outlet in writing. So, Already, I'm I'm just like intrigued by this guy because I I we can see ourselves in kind of a story like that. Like this is a guy who just decided to start writing. He maybe dabbled in it a little bit here and there. Who who knows? But he um he actually in 1865 he um he had a, a some type of a sickness and it it led him to the point of of near death. And he recovered from it, but in the months that followed this, in his recovery, he really suffered from depression. And you think about 1800s and middle to late 1800s, it's probably something they were familiar with, but certainly not to the extent that we talk about mental illness and depression and things like that today. It's very much on our radar. But uh, he went through this, this period, and during this period, he turned to Scripture as a, a, a part of his recovery. And so what really interests me about this song is that 
it came out of this period of his depression and his turning to the Lord. And to me, it, it, it just reminds me that no season of our lives is wasted. Like in the Lord, he uses everything. There's no parts that he says, well, can't use that. That's throwaway material. He, he uses every aspect of our lives. So as this man, William C. Dix, is going through this time, he's turning to the Lord, he writes, pens this beautiful song. And, you know, we all know of this song now, but we, we don't, we didn't know that, you know, until we dive into it a little bit, how it came about. And, you know, sometimes it just gives me a fuller appreciation of, of, wow, think of all that had to happen in order to get this song as we have it now. So what child is this? It starts off with this rhetorical question and that's the title. And it's a look into the scene around the manger. You know, what, what's this baby that Mary is holding? Who are these angels that are greeting with, with anthems? Who are these shepherds coming to see? Who, who is it that these shepherds are coming to see and gather around? We, we imagine that manger scene, the nativity, you know, you've got Mary and Joseph and you've got the angels and you've got some shepherds and sometimes you have the wise men there because people think the wise men were right there too. And, um, and they probably weren't, but anyway, they've got all these characters there. Maybe you got the little drummer boy too. Um, but what's, what's the big deal? Why, why are they there? And who is this baby? It seems like all the focus is on this Mary holding this baby, not Mary herself, but the baby. And so, you know, this questioning, I, I like that this, this song has a question in it as its title. Because it leads us to consider it too. Like, what child is this? Why is this moment important? And what does it mean for for me if this scene is truly a scene that happened thousands of years ago? What what does that mean if I'm looking at something that physically actually happened? What child is this? Oh, we looked at this hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, was the first of the podcast series here that we're in. And in that hymn, it talks about the fact that, that Christ came down to earth in bodily form. And really, this is something that's central to the gospel. Without it, Jesus would not have become the sacrifice that he was destined to be. And so, what child is this is, is kind of a, a little bit different take on this concept, but it, it more so asks a question in terms of our human understanding these lines that say, why lies he in such mean estate where ox and lamb are feeding? And the mean estate, just like, why such, why, if this is who he is, why is he here in such a lowly place among, you know, farm animals? 
And why did Jesus have to come to, to earth in, in that, those surroundings? If, if this is a king, then he deserves, a, he deserves more than this humble appearance. He deserves a, a, a crown and, and a robe and, and a pomp and circumstance, you know, fanfare, everything. He deserves the highest praise. Why lies he in such means? So it's really this last verse of the song as we're just touching on different parts and urge you to go and just read through the lyrics. Um, they're in each uh, show note for uh, for each podcast as well, so you can go back and, and just read through it. Sometimes it helps just to read lyrics without melody there. I think it, it almost opens the song up a little bit where you're not so attached to melody and um, and you're just reading it like, you would read anything. So, uh, again, just urge you to try that. Um, but this last verse is an acknowledgement that rich and poor, powerful and weak, they all will come before Jesus and bow before the king. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come peasant king to own him. Come everyone from all aspects of life, all societal um, strata, where, wherever you're at. And this reminds me of Romans 14.11, which actually quotes Isaiah 45.23. It says, It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. Someday there will be an acknowledgement on behalf of everyone uh, of who is this Jesus. Everyone will have to acknowledge who is this Jesus. Everyone will have to say, what child is this? This what what man on the cross is this? What, whose empty tomb was this? It was Jesus. It is Jesus. And that to me just the the, the title of this song and and being able to wrap our mind around the identity of who this person is is uh something that can just lead us into further worship and further just acknowledgement of all that Christ is during this season, especially. As we kind of finish up today, I want to um, focus on a couple lines from verse 2. Uh, Nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. When William C. Dix wrote this, and he's thinking about what child is this, he's going through the manger scene, he's kind of setting the stage of, of what's happening here. He's also pointing ahead to, to Calvary and the, the work that Jesus does upon the cross. And I love how he just puts that, the cross be born for me, 
for you. And, and just hidden in this hymn are these verses, which to me just clearly explain the gospel once again. It was Christ who was pierced. He bore the cross. He was nailed to it on our behalf. Why did he have to die? Well, for a song based on a question, this perhaps is the greater question that all mankind needs to reconcile and, and find an answer for. He died for our sin. He died to bring us life. This child grew into a man and became the savior of the world. Are we able to answer that question, that simple question, why did Jesus have to die? For those listening to this podcast today, I I pray this song and this podcast are just a means to bring you in a place of hope and a place of reassurance as you consider this truth today. You know, despite some of the the hidden sadness in the melody of what child is this, there's no sadness in coming to discover that uh, discover who this child is that was held by Mary. There's no sadness in coming to know who Jesus is. And we celebrate this every year as we sing these songs, and we should take the time to solidify in our hearts and minds again the message of the cross. Christmas should really always point us there, because Jesus, that was where he was headed. That is why he came. That is why from Old Testament to New Testament, you see God laying out everything in preparation for one day sending his son because he had to send a sacrifice. He had to send the payment for our sins because we could never do enough to to earn it, to somehow get it. And his mind was upon reconciliation. His mind was upon one once again redeeming the lost and opening up an opportunity for us to have fellowship with him again. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful story. And if Christmas does nothing else, then take us into that place. Then that's enough. That is, we can stop right there. We don't have to have the tree, the lights, the presence. We can just camp out on that and say, that's all I need. Guys, I, I hope that uh, you're enjoying these um, podcasts as much as I am putting them together and and uh, just having some fun with these songs. Um, it doesn't get old for me. I hope it doesn't for you. And if there's one that particularly just speaks to you as we go through this month, again, um, share it out there if, if you can on, on social media or email it to somebody, text it to somebody. Um, that just kind of helps this ministry keep reaching people and it just, um, yeah, I also appreciate your feedback as well. Just an email or, or comment or something. I'd love to, to hear from you and also know how I can pray for you. Maybe this is a hard season for you and, and there's some things that you're facing. Um, maybe it just kind of comes back every year at Christmas time or, um, around this time of year. And, and uh, you want to just know that joy and that hope that that is in Christ, and 
And uh, I would love to just pray for you with that. Let's close with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Guys, God bless you. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold As Lions podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist, And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share and head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.